G'day folks, welcome back to the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray, this is episode 136 and we're back after a couple weeks off. It was the start of the Ubuntu 2204 uh, long-term support uh, release uh, cycle roadmap. So yeah, the team has been discussing planned features and we will get into some of that. So yeah, we'll see hopefully some of those land uh, in time for the 2204 release next year. But uh, let's dive straight into the normal roundup of security vulnerabilities that we do from the past week. Uh, this week, there were 92 unique CVEs that were addressed by the team. And up first was a bunch of updates to the Linux kernel. So as always, I want to say thanks to uh, the Canonical kernel team for doing all the heavy lifting on these. They're always really responsive on kernel CVEs and bringing in uh, security updates for the kernel. So yeah, thank you guys for doing all of that hard work. Really all we do is just document what was done and uh, yeah, discuss it here and also do the USNs. And actually thanks to Steve Beatty on our team for handling all of those as well. Because uh, yeah, they don't write themselves. So thanks, mate. All right, so first up uh, was an update for the kernel for uh, Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support. This kernel was also used as uh, for Ubuntu 16.04 and 14.04 extended security maintenance as the hardware enablement uh, kernel there, and that's a 4.15 kernel based on the upstream 4.15 kernel tree. Uh, this had a number of vulnerabilities, including a race condition in the Atheros 9000 Wi-Fi driver, which could then end up having it fail to properly encrypt network traffic. Uh, so that could then lead to an information leak, obviously, because you would be sending all your network traffic in the clear. Uh, as well, uh, a mishandling of shadow pages within uh, the KVM subsystem could allow a local user to cause a denial of service. Uh, what else? The race condition in ex extended attribute handling within the X4 file system could allow a local user to cause a denial of service or possibly uh, cause privilege escalation vulnerability, so get code execution as root within the kernel. And similarly, uh, the six-pack driver, that's a network uh, driver, would fail to properly validate uh, certain things. And again, you could possibly get denial of service or code execution with that as well. After that, an update for uh, the OEM kernel for our 2004 long-term support customers. And this is used on various uh, platforms that Ubuntu comes pre-installed on. Uh, that's a 5.10 based kernel, and that included a bunch of those uh, CVs that I just talked about, plus uh, some extra hardening for BPF subsystem against things like Spectre attacks and some possible out-of-bounds uh, reads and writes. What else? Some security fixes within the tracing subsystem, uh, the overlay FS file system as well as the ButterFS, uh, Qualcomm IPC router and the Xilinx Ethernet driver had an info leak as well. Uh, they have all been patched. Uh, the kernel in Ubuntu 2004 long-term support, which is also used uh, as the hardware enablement kernel for 1804 long-term support. And it's also used on our various cloud platforms. So if you have Ubuntu running on AWS, Azure, GCP, GKE, uh, the IBM or Oracle clouds, you're uh, probably running this kernel as well. Uh, and as well as our Raspberry Pi images too. Again, we had uh, those vulnerabilities I talked about before, like the Theros 9000 driver and the like, uh, plus the ones in the overlay FS and Xilinx uh, drivers as well. Uh, an update as well for the 5.13 based uh, kernel for some other OEM platforms for 2004 long-term support. And again, uh, that included a bunch of those vulnerabilities I've talked about as well. And finally, uh, the kernel that is for uh, some of our clouds running in uh, Microsoft Azure. That's for Ubuntu 2004 long-term support. And that's a 5.8 based kernel as well. So they have all been uh, updated for the kernel. Going on from that, we had an update for Libkaka. This is uh, a, a text mode graphics handling library. And uh, this was updated for Ubuntu releases 2110, 
2104, uh, 2004 LTS, 1804 LTS, 1604 ESM, 1404 ESM. So basically everything that we are currently supporting. Uh, there are a couple of different buffer overflows there uh, that could lead to a possible crash or potential code execution. And that was in the handling of TGA images as well as when exporting to the TROF format. Uh, Mailman was updated after this. And again, uh, this is for our Ubuntu 20.04 long-term support release plus 18.04 long-term support and 16.04 extended security maintenance. Uh, there were two different possible uh, CSRF attacks against Mailman that were fixed here. The first where you could, um, well, where Mailman would fail to properly associate CSRF tokens with various accounts, and that could allow uh, one user to potentially take over the account of another. And in the second one, uh, with the way that CSRF tokens were generated, uh, where they were derived from the admin password. So uh, there were certain ways that you could essentially leak parts of that password as a result. And so a remote attacker could then use that to help them brute force guess the admin password as well. So they've been fixed for all of those releases. Plus for uh, Mailman in 24 long-term support, there were some other issues that didn't apply to the earlier versions. Uh, that was uh, possibly to in a couple of different vulnerabilities where it was possible to inject arbitrary content. Essentially, you can post to various uh, pages within Mailman and then it will show various parameters that you've posted to it. So you could post in there that you know was meant to be a username, but you could post in perhaps a URL or you know a bunch of text and a URL that would then get shown to the user that so would make them think that that URL was trusted and that they should follow it. But really, it was your phishing page or whatever. So yeah, they have been fixed as well. Uh, we had an update for Appport. Uh, this is the crash handler in Ubuntu. And again, this is for all of the supported Ubuntu releases all the way through to 21.10 and previously. Uh, basically, uh, Appport was able to be tricked into writing core files into arbitrary locations. And as a result, then you could then have other applications that would interpret those core files as what the, you know other things that they thought they should be and get code execution through those other applications as a result. Uh, and those other applications are maybe running as root, so you could get root level code execution through that. And so this was changed to make Appport dump all of its core files into a specified location, which is now varlib Appport core dump, rather than in the current directory, which is where uh, they used to be. What else? An update for MySQL. This was updating MySQL in Ubuntu releases 24 uh, LTS plus 2104 and 2110 to the latest upstream point release, which is 8.0.27 as well as 5.7.36 for our older releases. So that's 1804 uh, LTS and 1604 ESM. Uh, if you want more details on that, because there were 43 CVEs that were addressed as part of that update for MySQL, uh, I've got a link in the show notes that details all of those from Oracle. We had a couple of issues as well fixed in GNU bin utils. These are a bunch of applications that are used for kind of interpreting binaries and that kind of thing on your machine. Both issues were in the libbfd uh, library that's in internal to that, and that's for uh, the, the binary file descriptor library. And so you could trigger these issues through crafted uh, executables and the like. One was a use after free uh, that could be triggered when using its internal hash table implementation. As well, it was possible to cause uh, bin utils to allocate a very large amount of memory through a crafted file, and that would then cause it to crash as a result because it wouldn't be able to get all that memory. Uh, so you could crash bin utils in a couple different ways there. Libslurp was updated for the 2110 release. Six different CVEs were fixed in that, and actually they are the same as what I talked about back in episode 124. So if you want to know more about that, uh, go listen back to that one. PHP was updated as well. And so then again, this applies to all of the Ubuntu releases all the way back to 14.04 ESM and all of those since that are still supported. And this was possible ability to get root code execution in the PHP um, fast CGI handling module. 
Basically, uh, that uses a um, privilege separation process, which is really good. So it has a, a privileged root level process plus a bunch of unprivileged child worker processes uh, that do the actual work, but and that, and that handle uh, untrusted content and the like. But those child processes uh, are able to access shared memory with the parent, and they can actually modify that shared memory and then cause the parent to do uh, out of bound read writes and that kind of thing as a result. If you can uh, manipulate memory within the parent, you can likely get code execution within the parent, which is then still privileged, and that can lead to a privilege escalation. So that has been fixed for uh, PHP and all those releases. Uh, what else? An update for bind, uh, 1CVE here, and again, all the way back to 1404 extended security maintenance and all the releases since. In this case, it was possible essentially to uh, poison the cache of bind, and that could then lead to uh, a denial of service because it would spend a lot of time doing lookups on uh, this, this cache within, uh, within itself and could cause very slow performance. Uh, an update for WebKit GTK. Three CVEs here, uh, you know, as this is a web framework and it's you know, embedding WebKit, uh, the usual mix of web vulnerabilities there, but one of them was actually specific to WebKit GTK itself where uh, you could potentially escape the sandbox that it uses. Uh, there's, it has this bubble wrap launcher that allows a kind of launching other processes that are then confined by bubble wrap. But uh, you could essentially trick that launcher into making it look like your confined process was actually not confined. And then that would mean that other processes on the host would look at that and think, oh, that's not confined and allow it to do certain things that maybe it shouldn't have been able to do if they knew that it was actually confined. Uh, so that's been fixed as well as an update for Ceph. So five CVs here for Ubuntu 18.04 long-term support and 21.04 for Ceph. And that is it for the week in security updates. All right. Moving on from that, one thing I did want to discuss this week uh, was that given that we had the week off last week internally discussing all things about 2204, the new long-term support release that is going to be released in April next year, I actually thought it would be really informative to discuss some of the things that the security team are planning to land for that. So uh, this release does uh, sort of bundle together all of the things that we've seen in the interim releases that have happened since the last LTS, which is 2004 LTS, the focal FOSA, uh, plus some more that we plan to do. Uh, and so as this is an LTS release, uh, we're not looking at trying to land a heap of new features within the next six months. This is really meant to be uh, spent making it as solid and as polished as possible and as stable. But there are certain things that we are looking at doing. One of the big ones is having NF tables be kind of properly supported. This is a package that uh, exists in the universe component within Ubuntu, but we want to move that into main. Essentially, uh, this is looking at replacing IP tables. So if we look, take a step back, uh, firewalling within Linux kind of has two components. You have the part in the kernel that is seeing all the network packets and classifying all the network packets and actually you know, executing rules on them, that kind of thing. And you have a user space part that is then controlling that, effectively loading the policy into the kernel as to what should be done. Now, traditionally, the kernel has uh, actually multiple ways that it does this, but traditionally it's IP tables, which is the combination of things like IP tables, IP6 tables, ARP tables, EB tables, and it's collectively called X tables. Uh, and that has been how uh, the kernel has sort of supported firewall rules for a long time. And there is uh, a corresponding user space you know, binary that probably everyone's familiar with called IP tables that uh, controls that and that loads the rules into there. In the 3.13 kernel, so a very long time ago now, uh, and what was then a new mechanism called NF tables was introduced. And that was a new mechanism uh, for doing network packet classification and handling and the kind of thing. Uh, and that was introduced alongside IP tables. So both of them are in the kernel and both of them can be used uh, to do network packet classification and effectively build a firewall. 
Uh, and to go along with that, a new package called NFTables was developed that could load uh, rules into the kernel through uh, for NFTables within the kernel itself. Uh, along the way, though, IP tables, the user space part that is, uh, developed its own NFT or NFTables backend so that you could load existing IP tables rules into the kernel uh, if that was only running, say, the new NFTables uh, kernel part. And you know, we have switched already to that to use the NFTables backend back in Ubuntu 21.04. So that part has existed for a long time. So uh, if you are using IP tables on these newer releases, you're actually using the NF tables backend by default. Uh, there is still the legacy backend supported if you want to use that, but effectively these things have all moved on. But what we want to do now is we actually want to support this new NF tables utilities in user space as well to be able to handle uh, NF tables within the kernel as a first class system. And so uh, along with that, uh, the security team also helps maintain UFW, the uncomplicated firewall, the sort of simpler wrapper traditionally for IP tables that is used on Ubuntu for doing firewalling. And we're looking at actually making that uh, hopefully support NF tables as well so that it will be directly creating NF tables rules rather than using IP tables with the NFT backend. As well, we're looking to improve our oval data. So the security team publishes uh, oval data for all of the vulnerabilities that are in Ubuntu and that kind of describes what vulnerabilities there are, what packages uh, they're in, what versions those are in, as well as then what versions they are fixed with. So that means that then you can use that oval data to effectively scan a system and know is it up to date or not? Has it got all the patches applied that it should? And so we're looking at improving that to include information around our ESM products so that you can know that say a particular vulnerability is actually patched and you can get that update through ESM. So that will be a lot more informative. And finally, uh, a feature for AppArmor, we're looking at uh, improving the handling of pivot root there. Uh, so there's an upstream issue that tracks this, but basically uh, once you do a pivot root uh, from an application, AppArmor then loses track of the original paths and the way that AppArmor does uh, sort of rules, it does it based on path names. And so if you specify policy that has a certain you know, list of paths in it and then the application does a pivot route, then suddenly it's in a new route and AppArmor doesn't know that anymore or all it sees is that new root namespace. And so effectively it can bypass the rules that are meant to be applying to it and that kind of thing. Uh, so it can escape its own policy. Uh, you know, and, but it has to be granted pivot route permission to be able to do that within the policy. So that doesn't happen very often. You know, Not many applications need to do a pivot route, but there are certain things like uh, SnapD and other applications that do want to do pivot root. And so, yeah, that can get tricky. And so we want to make sure that AppArmor tracks that better and that we also allow to specify policy on kind of on both sides of pre and post the pivot root as well. So yeah, look out for all of that stuff happening uh, within the next six months. And I'll probably talk a bit more about all of those as they start to land as well. Okay, and so lastly for this week's episode, I want to mention that we are still hiring. Uh, Canonical is looking for a product manager for uh, the security products that we offer. And this is, uh, like a lot of the positions at Canonical, a home, fully home-based position, uh, looking for people within EMEA, so Europe, Middle East, and Africa for that. Uh, this kind of role obviously includes doing product management for security, so things like guiding the evolution of the different security offerings from Canonical and Ubuntu. We want to make sure that's also helping to drive compliance and certification of Ubuntu, so that's things like our FIPS and the like, that kind of thing. Uh, we want to make sure that this person is helping us to engage with the open source security community and finally telling the story of Canonical's work to deliver secure platforms. And I've got a link to that in the show notes, so you can find out more about that position and apply there. We would love to have you as part of our team. All right, that is it for this week's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening again for another week. It has been great doing this all again for you. If you want to get in contact with the team, as usual, you can reach us at securityubuntu.com. We also hang out in the Ubuntu security channel on the libera.chat IRC network. Come and say good day to us there. And we're also on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. 
All right, uh, so thanks again, everyone. I will be back again with you all next week. But until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.